Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the MedTech Impact Podcast, where you get to hear from leaders and innovators who are shaping the future of medical technology. I'm Kyle Cruz. And I'm Richard Nikoljong. And we're your hosts of the show. So today on the MedTech Impact Podcast, we're delighted to be joined by Natalia Maman, CEO and founder of RT MicroDX. Natalia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here with you. Well, you came highly recommended from our previous guest, Alison Byers of Scribius. Recommend checking out that episode if you haven't already done so. And so we're delighted, of course, to be able to share your story and tell more about your innovation. And as always, when we start this conversation, we'd love you to tell the audience, what is the big problem that RT Micro DX is looking to solve? So the big problem that we are that we have um, that we have realized is the fact that um, access to healthcare, especially in the diagnostic space, is it's expensive. It takes a lot of time, and it um, it's just inequitable. Like it's just not fair. The only way for you to get tested upon any kind of symptoms is to have to go see a physician, and a hundred million people in the US. So a third of the people in the US don't have a physician to go to. So they're forced to use clinical care um, facilities or even emergency um, emergency uh, hospitals, uh, the emergency departments in hospitals. Um, with that, making all of it so much more expensive between the time, it, the copay that you pay, the extra cost that you pay, uh, fees, uh, depending on where you go, and even like missing work. Um, that's, you know, that's money that that is not getting in your pocket. So um, we're trying to bring, um, we're, we're looking at, you know, where seeing health testing and diagnosis being such a, you know, unaccessible problem, that is something that we want to address that we're addressing now. Yeah, and I'm sure this is fresh in everyone's minds around these types of tests, having lived through the pandemic, and obviously having to go for these tests. And inaccessibility and of course as you mentioned the cost of that i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the numbers you know what are some of the the costs you're seeing in the marketplace for diagnostics well you know if whether or not you have a physician whether or not you have healthcare um coverage um the 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 um the deductibles are extremely high like for instance i have healthcare coverage and it costs and i have a deductible of $6,000 per year to cover, which by the way, takes me six, it takes me 11 months to cover every year. And that's just like on the low end. I know friends of mine who are in much bigger companies and in, in big, you know, companies and their deductibles are like eight, 10, $12,000 for families. So whether or not, or not you have health coverage, you're basically paying out of pocket every single visit. Now a visit on average to go see a physician for because you have symptoms of whatever, fever, sore throat, rash, whatever that may be, um, could cost you on average about $300 out of pocket. That's just at the physician's office. And that doesn't include the time to go there, you know, whatever cost it is for parking, missed uh, loss of work, um, all of, you know, all of that, all those other costs, just straight out of pocket for going to see a physician will cost you about, you know, $250 to $300 for the visit. Um, and then if you need extra tests, you're paying for these tests. So that could be, you know, that could, it's upwards of that. Now, if you need to go to urgent care, 
it's more than that. And if you go to, to, to the emergency room, it's like double that. So that's until you reach your deductible. But many people don't even have health coverage, which means they're paying for that all the time. And so those numbers are are exorbitant and um and not equitable. Like it's just not fair for people who are, you know, my husband were, um, has a has a factory and um I was walking through his factory one day and I see all of these factory workers and I'm like, if any of their kids are sick, they're not getting paid that day. It's the, the healthcare system is completely inequitable. It's expensive. It's and it's not it's sustainable. So um, you know, in terms of like unit economics, we're looking at very high cost of, of care, just even at the testing and diagnostic level. And Kyle, I'm sure our listeners can all relate to this. You know, these out-of-pocket costs of dealing with healthcare are so expensive. And, you know, again, they always come at the worst possible time. And and I'm sure like our listeners now, they're they're keen to learn a little bit more about what's in store. Yeah, no doubt, Richard. And I think it's really interesting because as I've, you know, um, have gotten older and now I've started a family on my own, you know, Natalia, you're hitting on some, you know, really, you know, big, big problems, right? And that things that, you know, I would want to prevent. Um, and and there, it sounds like there's some significant opportunity here um, to create more efficient kind of processes in these areas and to bring new technology. So I guess you tell us what, how are you solving this problem? What's the solution look like? So our solution is essentially a um, home test. So it's an easy to use um, home test that gives you reliable results. So we're basically took the equivalent of a PCR technology. So molecular technology, and we put it in a very small single use device um, that uses saliva. So there's no throat swabs or no like, you know, invasive type of um, diagnostic mechanisms. Mm. Um, it's just simple saliva for now um, that you can do at home with results um, in your home. So you're not sending this out anywhere. You're getting the results at home in about 15 to 20 minutes. And they're presented in a way that consumers are already used to seeing, just like you guys had the COVID, we all saw the COVID test, which is a one line, two line, you know, it's two line positive, one line is negative. We all know how that works. So instead of creating this really expensive and, you know, electronic, um, highly electronic type of system, we've created a single use um, similar to COVID tests or similar to pregnancy tests, but for inf infectious diseases or respiratory diseases or you know any kind of diseases that right now use molecular testing as their um, gold standard. And it sounds like something that's so obvious, you know? And maybe <laughs> you would think. <laughs> right? I mean, and, and you know, so I guess why why aren't these types of devices and products available on the market today for in-home use? Okay, so first of all, let's start with the fact that our beachhead market is for strep throat. So strep throat is a big, very big market. So if we go to, if we ask the question, why aren't these already existent, you know, on the market is because before COVID, there was no room for um, the gold standard was that you're, you'd have to go see a physician, the physician would have to look, check, touch, um, see, um, and, and then test. 
Um, and that was like the gold standard. And then COVID happened. And during COVID, there was no touching or seeing or anything of the throat, especially opening the mouth um, during that time. So physicians were doing this remotely using the camera of, um, of, the, of the computer. And so it kind of opened the door to physicians realizing that there could be a way that this could be done and seeing the, like the door kind of opened to having the possibility of doing this um, remotely. And so we just came in with the idea at the right time. Actually, I came up with this idea before COVID hit and just sort of like basically validated it during COVID and now, and now um, after COVID. And, you know, the other problem is the fact that physicians are just not enough physicians. We just mm -hmm. don't have enough of them. So by leveraging the power and the technology behind telehealth platform, we actually give a lot more access to people to get tested at home, diagnosed virtually, and get treatment if they want to in a timely fashion. Okay. And I mean, there clearly is a need for this. There's no doubt. And I think, you know, you painted a good picture with COVID, all right, and the demand for, for COVID tests um, when COVID first uh, came out. Um, but what about, you know, what are, there must be other, there, do you, are you seeing, you know, maybe a, a slew of companies trying to enter the market in this yeah. area? A hundred percent. So there's a few, um, there's a few, and most of them are, you know, started, they already had technologies ready to go before COVID and COVID kind of put them on the map. Okay. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, they're molecular. They, we use the same science in essence. We use the same type of science. We use an isothermal amplification method that um, it, it's called LAM, mm -hmm. um, which basically gives you a, a very strong, robust molecular um, reaction. It's, it's a strong, robust test. Mm -hmm. um, the difference between what they're doing, what we're doing is, um, first of all, they're focusing on viral uh, infections. So in viral inf infections, there's no real treatment per se. Like if you have the flu, you stay home. If you have, you know, if you have RSV, you basically stay home. If you even have COVID, you stay home unless you're at a certain age and you want Paxlovid and you have to have tested very early, like really at the onset. If you wait too long, then the virus just, nothing will help the virus. It'll just keep take keep take stay on track and then and then you know naturally get better we're addressing a bacterial infection which is strep as a first indication and with that indication we feel like we're disrupting a little bit more of the diagnostic process because you have to see a doctor for treatment so it's not nothing is done in isolation and it's done, you know, you're actually bringing in the physician, you're including the physician just more efficiently. So that's what we're doing that's different. The other thing that, they're, that they've done that's different is that there's are just, a, there's, it's a model that we're not following. Like um, they, theirs are much more expensive. So not necessarily more accessible to everyone, mm -hmm. not, um, and not, not affordable to everyone and not accessible because of their price point, they're only sell online. So if you want to test today, you have to wait until order on online unless you have some some at home, which you know are expensive to begin with. Mm. So um, you know their model is different. They have a two model system where you know you have a base that's at home that's plugged in to you know 
a power source and then you have a disposable and you need one to, to work with the other. Um, that's not a model that I want to work with. As a parent, I kept thinking, what do I want? What do I want to have? And what I want is if my kid's sick or if I'm sick or whatever it is, I can go to the pharmacy, get what I want, get my result, get treated, get seen, get diagnosed right there. And so that was, I was just looking at what's the price point that I would pay for? What is all these things? And I've developed a uh, a solution that kind of meets all the needs that I would want to as a parent. Yeah, it, it certainly sounds like it. And it sounds like also, uh, Richard, we're getting into, you know, that go-to-market strategy, which is incredibly important, you know? So Natalia, I thank you for helping us kind of understand that pathway and how you plan to, um, you know, approach the market a little bit different uh, than the than the customer, uh, than your competitors. But I think, Richard, um, we should probably dive a bit deeper into that. Yeah, absolutely, Kyle. What was coming through loud and clear and you know, the point you made, Kyle, about really understanding your customer, the patient, you know, when you're talking that language of you as a patient, as a customer yourself and what your family wants. And Kyle, you said, you know, how you could relate to that as a father and your own family and thinking about these problems. Yes. And so, yeah, again, on that go to market strategy, what's the next step? You know, how are you going to actually get this into the hands of patients as you go forward? So there's there's a few ways that we can get you know there's a few ways we're going to get to market there's it, we're going to go to market um in in phases um this this will need fda clearance for sure so you know we have to we're going to finish it and then we have to have it go through clinical trials and then an fda so as a first you know go to market is going to be go to market to just you know it's going to be a companion diagnostic so like selling this to pharmaceutical companies, drug drug um, development companies who need to test, who need to use it for internal purposes for their own trials. But if we were to sort of like fast forward into how do we get to market into the hands of the customers, well, you know, there's there's three major markets that we want to we want to get to. We want to get direct to consumer, so directly on the shelves. When you want it, you have it. That's the number one. That's you know that's the one that is gonna um, it's gonna basically address the problem that we have, which is the problem of access. Um, and so we do that. It's going to take an enormous amount of marketing to educate people that, yes, you can do that. It's going to it's going to um, demand us to get the buy in from physicians. To get a physician to say, you know, before coming here, why don't you go take a test? Um, and and I have a I have a parallel to that and I'll tell you in a minute, but um, so that's our goal. Our goal is for the doctors to say, you call the doctor and the doctor says, go take a test and then let's talk. And that's what I am hoping. That's sort of like my 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 goal and my, you know, that's what I want. The other the other thing um, that we see to get to market is through the public the public um school the school systems through the different public health agencies, right? We want to put this in the institutions, whether it's in universities, in, in public schools and private schools and, you know, in like elementary schools, we need to put this in the school so that, you know, a, a parent is not called and say, oh, your kid has fever or, I mean, if they have fever, they have to go home, but, oh, they have a sore throat. What do we do? Or they have a little rash, come pick them up. Like there's all these things where it's probably nothing. Um, but if you get to test you know, test at school, there's no fever, the kids feel fine. And, you know, there's all these symptoms, you know, they can go back to class and there's much less missed school. Um, 
Because that's a huge problem today. Kids are missing school. Like the, the numbers are just exorbitant. And then finally, it's like making telehealth more efficient. So going through the telehealth platforms, there are so many telehealth platforms out there and they just don't have the tools. So what they'll say is, okay, well, go get a test, go to a lab, get yourself tested and come back. Now you're missing the point. So we need to leverage the fact that we have that technology in place and we need to make it more efficient. And so those are sort of like the three markets that we are we want to target. Um, and that's once we have FDA clearance. But just a really quick thing is 10 years ago, when a woman had an UTI, they would have to go see a physician and they would like make you pee in a cup and then they would test the thing and then that's it, right? And then they would treat. And that was sort of like the process. That was a workflow. Well, today... You can just go to the pharmacy, you can take a test, and then you call your doctor and you're like, I think I have a UTI. Did you take a test from the pharmacy? And you're like, yes or no, but these are my symptoms. Okay, I'll prescribe you something. So, you know, there's th that has, it took time, whatever time it took, it took time, but it did convert. And I think that what COVID allowed us to do is to al allow the door for that conversion or for that process to change. And so that is, um, that's where we want to go into. That makes total sense. And I, and I think piggybacking that trend about, you know, with the go-to-market focused on the hospital moving to home, uh, we're seeing a lot of the pharmacy moving from the hospital setting to the outpatient clinic, you know, your your typical uh, places you would go and, and, and get your products from. So that makes a total sense. And I think the thing I loved as well was, you know, seeing all the stuff you're doing in the background. So you were like an MIT launch winner, you know, you've been part of the, the, the bachelor program. Uh, and so... <laughs> runner up but still you know getting recognition and i think that's something that all founders should be aware of is you know you're going out there and you're getting support from the ecosystem you're getting recognition from the ecosystem and as much as you're thinking ahead and you go to market the building blocks and the way you're tapping into the ecosystem is very cool so you know you tell us a little bit more about you know what you've got planned ahead maybe um you know coming in the next few months so, you know, the most the, 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 the things that really carried me through were these opportunities of being in accelerators and um, and in these pitch competitions. Right. It really helps you to refine your 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 message and your problem, and your solution. And until, you know, in 2023, I had a very set, you know, definition of, of my message of what my problem was and, and all that stuff. And and then come, you know, Q4 of last year, I'm like, ah, something is off. Like, I don't think that I'm approaching the problem appropriately. And so what, and, and so what, what all of these kind of programs have taught me is to constantly rethink and re um, question what your message is. And so now I'm able to, I've been able to refine my question. I've been able to sort of like re sort of like peel off a little bit of the onion of what the core of the problem that I'm that I'm trying to solve and really how the solution is solving it and all that stuff. And so what's next is, you know, trying to be to trying to like infiltrate myself even more into the ecosystem. So focusing into programs that are much more med tech um, focused um, diagnostic focus. So, you know, for a long time, I did a lot of these programs that were pretty, um, agnostic in terms of, um, there was no, there was no focus per se. It was, you had food, you had healthcare, you had, you know, well-being, whatever you had all these things. Now I really want to focus not just on life sciences, but med tech and 
and diagnostics. Like, I think that that's where my space is. I'm, I've, I've narrowed it down to where my space is and, and broadening my, my ecosystem and my network within that space. And that's, um, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm working towards right now. Great. And, and clearly building as you go forward and you touched on a little bit there and I'm sure Kyle can probably dive deeper into this now about the regulatory pathway and you know how that's shaping up. Yeah. And it's interesting, Richard, that you bring that up because as Natalia, you were talking about your, your product and your, your test here, uh, your diagnostic test and talking about it, you know, being on the shelves of pharmacies, you know, I mean, is that a different regulatory and reimbursement pathway since maybe <laughs> this might not be something that's prescribed? Oh, so that's a lot of good questions. So let me break it down. <laughs> um, so you do need clearance. You do need regulatory. Um, this is going to be, uh, a, and by the way, this is a de novo classification. So that really comes to show that there's nothing yet in the market for, you know, this the detection of strep using saliva for strep, um, home testing for strep, all that stuff for strep. And you know, this is my beachhead market. Um, we'll have to explore the other, you know, the indi other indications when we get to it, but for this beachhead. So this is definitely a de novo um, and, um, and there'll be a class two. It requires a very simple um, clinical trial. It's just a one phase clinical trial of about 600 subjects. And then you go into the FDA. So, you know, we, we would like to know, I want to believe that we're on track to be ready for market in about two and a half years, which allows us to finish the, the, um, the product now and then, and then um, go to clinical trials by next cold and flu so we can apply for FDA and be, it'll take about a year or so. And then we are ready for market. So that's in terms of regulatory, in terms of reimbursement. So over-the-counter devices are not reimbursed. We know that. Um, you know, COVID was reimbursed because it was, COVID tests were reimbursed because it was COVID and it was also like funded by the government, by a huge government um, program. But that's not gonna happen um, much longer and not all the time, depending on the upticks. But the point is that they're generally not um, covered. However, I am working on a strategy for reimbursement if it's, um, if you speak to a doctor and the doctor says, I will prescribe you a test. So if the test is prescribed by a physician, so I call my pediatrician and I say, my kid's sick and has all that. All right, I'll, I'll send a prescription for the test, go pick it up at the pharmacy. Even if it's over the counter, she could still claim for reimbursement for that test because otherwise it would have she would have taken the test at the doctor's office. So I'm looking for that strategy right now. I'm working on that, that strategy as we speak to see if, they would be a path to reimbursement only if there is a prescription associated to it. Um, well, having said that, are we are on track to to, to make these tests um, so inexpensively that we would want they'd be ready, they'd be uh, priced for retail, an average price of a copay, which is about thirty to thirty five dollars, making it a lot more affordable than having to go see a physician. And do you have a minimal viable product right now that's being used by physicians today or at least getting feedback from these physicians on your diagnostic uh, test? So we don't have an MVP. What we have is a working prototype that is a single use 
it's small. It's the size of a, of a business card where, you know, you put the sample, it runs the isothermal amplification method. It comes through our technology and then shows on a very simple lateral flow assay strip. Um, so we have a working prototype. And right now we're in the process of updating that prototype so it could be placed in the hands of some kind of clinical setting. Sure. And initial feedback from yeah. maybe any physicians, what is what has it been like? So in terms of initial feedback from what we're working on, they're thrilled. Um, they're Good. thrilled. They want to, you know, they, they're like, this is not, this is not coming fast enough. Like we needed this yesterday. These, you know, they, they get bombarded with so many calls, especially during the season, so many calls of, you know, my kid's sick, sore throat, what do we do? And they're so busy. A lot of people just end up going to urgent care and paying more. So they're not getting that revenue anyway. And, um, and so there's, you know, they're, they want to be able to treat their parent, their patients more efficiently anyway. So they're, they're very excited about it. Again, this is so relatable because was I not just in an urgent care with my six-year-old sitting there for five hours, even with an early check-in kind of feature where you can go online and reserve your spot, it doesn't matter. I'm still waiting around five hours only to find out that the throat culture came back negative. And I'm yes. over here like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, oh, and by the way, my daughter can't stand throat cultures. Tell me, <laughs> are there no throat throat cultures needed? No throat cultures Come needed. On. The plan is you spit and you get your results. That's Whoa, it. <laughs> that, see, come on now. My, if my daughter heard that, she'd say, give me all the tests. You know? um, but no she, throat cultures, no throat swabs. No, no, no. That I, I mean, as a parent, I don't even know. I'm in a smart parent. I don't even know that I would swap properly for these things. Like I, you know, the kid would be like moving and crying. Forget it. I wouldn't do it. And I, and I swear, right hand, not even lying. My daughter, they had to do it to her twice. Yes. Because they said it came back and she was already like crying and daddy, I don't want to do this again. I mean, you know, now granted it's a throat culture, you know, toughen up kid, but still it's, it's, uh, you know, you it's just like, you really, you, obviously you can tell you got me excited here because, you know, you're really, you're doing such a great job at, at telling the story and, and, and helping us understand the value, um, uh, in, in, you know, obviously your diagnostic kit and what you're bringing to market today. Um, you know, but it's not all rainbows and butterflies, right, Richard? We yeah. I mean, this is exciting stuff, like hearing like game changing solution, big problem to solve, super yeah. relatable. Um, but of course, we like to talk about challenges and one like at the top of everyone's mind right now is funding. And I know you mentioned before we came on, you were at JPM earlier this month. Amazingly, we're already somehow in week four of January. But yeah, what's your thoughts around fundraising and you know attending JPM earlier this month? So actually, I just published a blog about my um about my experience with JPM. So you, you can look it up, you can check it up on LinkedIn. So First of all, last year was terrible. Um, I've self-funded my entire venture to date. It's been now two and a half years. I, I'm I'm quite a bit of money in, but that sort of like proves to show like how determined and dedicated I am to bring this to market. Before I continue, Kyle, I just want to tell you that I my pediatrician says she has to hold down kids the size of football players for a stupid throat sob. So you 
your daughter gets gets a pass. <laughs> so all right, I'm just that saying. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm just saying. So last year, back to funding. Last year was terrible. And so I've dabbled on funding last year, fundraising, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere fast. Like, it's just not, it's not working. It was completely dry. I would go to these conferences and these conferences would be like, I'd speak to these investors and ghost you two minutes later. Like, it, it just was a complete waste of time. So I said, you know, I'm just going to keep creating value. I'm just going to keep building my product, keep building my technology, making it more robust. And that's what I've been doing. Um, I launched my prototype in the meantime. There's work to be done on this prototype. We need to launch a second one. But in the meantime, like, you know, I've 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 continued building value for the company. And um, and so that's really where, where I focused. I went to JPM, it was my first, first JPM. I call myself a JPM virgin. Like I had no idea what I was going, what I was getting myself into. I was nervous, I was anxious, I didn't know if I would be able to meet people or I didn't know anybody. Like I knew you know people, but you don't know if you're gonna run into them. And it turned out to be pretty amazing. I had to the opportunity to to pitch at um, as a, as a seed venture for Biotech Showcase, and with that, I have I had access to their portal and make meetings. And I had in two days, I had something like fifteen investor meetings, which I thought was amazing for my first time. But in the meantime, but on top of that, I got to meet people that got me more meetings. Right, so. I got to pitch and I got to really like talk about my venture um, to so many people and many people got excited. Like you could see the excitement. Um, so, you know, have I gotten a check yet? No, but only, you know, we're only a few weeks back from JPM, but there's definitely movement. There's conversations, there's second meetings coming. So I can feel the wind has turned. I don't know to what extent, Um but it's not so much that last year was bad is the fact that I'm in diagnostics and diagnostics has a really, really bad reputation, really bad reputation. There's just too many diagnostic companies that have failed and that are continue to fail. Um, so I believe that I have a great solution. I believe that I'm addressing the right indication at the right time for the right market. But, you know, it's very hard to get investors who've been severely burnt and lost a lot of money from diagnostic companies that, you know, promised the moon and ended up crashing and burning. So there's a lot of things that I need to overcome when it comes to, you know, my space, the, the, you know, the, the economy, the, you know, the economic, you know, times, the you know, the investors who haven't re really yet picked up. So there's, there are all these challenges. Um, but I am seeing, I'm definitely seeing the wind turn. Like I met with these people like, oh, I love diagnostics. That's where I'm focusing on. Oh, I never met one person last year who's like, I'm looking for diagnostic company. Like not one. This year I met a few and and they want to continue conversations and we already have, you know, you know, follow-up meetings. So they're, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm excited about what this year is going to bring. Um and I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep bootstrapping until I get um, until I get traction here. So yeah, it's challenging. It's definitely the hustle, especially as a first time founder of a company in biotech in diagnostics. It's not easy, but I'm getting through it. Well, kudos to you for making it happen and, and getting out to San Fran and you know diving in there when you've not been there before. And clearly, it worked. You know, that's a great sign by getting all those investor meetings and. It kind of makes me think I'm excited for the year ahead, Kyle. You know, things are starting to align for yeah. Natalia. 
Absolutely. And, you know, just real quick, too, um, I, I must say, Natalia, obviously, um, before we get into these shows and recordings, we do our background homework, right? Our research on our guests. You did not come from the medical device world. Oh. You are not a doctor, you know, no. and I think that right there is going to blow people's minds when they hear me say that after listening to you tell your story and share your technology innovation with us, because it truly shows how much this means to you. And it just, you know, it's, it's, it's contagious. Like I, I, you've inspired me through just this recording um, and hearing your story has been just it's been so much fun. So um, props to you. And, you. Um, you know, I, I love that you're staying true to yourself too. You're, you're, you're betting on yourself. You're betting on the future and you're, you're a mom. No yeah. one knows best. Mo mother knows best. <laughs> right. I'm quoting mother Gothel right now from <laughs> uh, Rapunzel. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I am. This is what happens when you turn into a dad, a girl dad too, by the way. <laughs> um, but mother knows best and you know the best way to take care of the, your, the, your loved ones, the people around you and your children. And so you can see that, you know, really inspiring, uh, you know, and drive and motivating, you know, yourself and, and it's driving you to really, you know, pursue your, your dreams here. Um, so with that said, let's talk about future milestones here. <laughs> what are we seeing in the next, say six to 12 to 18 months, uh, for the company? Well, the major milestones is to take our prototype and convert it into a consumer product. So that's the next big milestone. We are in the process right now of optimizing everything that goes in it. And then it will be partnering up with the product development company that will help us take our prototype and bring it to a, a finished product. And that finished product is gonna go in the hands of, you know, we're already looking at different preclinical um, research facilities that will, um, we're looking at maybe going into um, a university that have, you know, kid, students who are sick that will test it and then and then um, compare it to a regular throat swab and throat culture. So um, so, you know, we want to do that. And the the hope and plan is that we get to the next cold and flu um, season with a finished product ready for act, like official clinical trials. So throughout the year, we're going to kind of develop this, 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 you know, product as we, as we develop, develop it, put it in the hands of different clinicians, who's going to test it, give us feedback and, you know, go back and forth like this until we can have a finished product that we can manufacture in small quantity and then bring it into um, an official clinical trial, you know, uh, campaign. And after that, it's going to be, you know, going to the FDA and presenting this to the FDA. Um, and that's it. I mean, you know, we're, we've done so much already that, you know, we just have to just, you know, keep, you know, stay on track and just like follow, follow the, follow the road to commercialization. And, sure. you know, I, I feel very confident that we can do it in the next two and a half years, but we will need funding for that so okay well there we go i mean funding is a big piece of this is there a number too do you have an active raise going on right now so we definitely have an active raise um to get to my final end so to get to fda clearance we need about five million dollars 
Um, and we're basically raising now in tranches. So my first raise right now is in is for one million. As soon as I close that, that will get us closer to you know um, a, a more you know robust MVP that we will you know do another raise for for the next milestone. So yeah, so in all in the next two years it'll probably be a raise of five million dollars. But for now, sticking to one million dollars, hoping that. You know, if you're not raising too, too much that, you know, the investors will be more, you know, more open to listening. Sure. And what about people along the way? Are you looking to add any specific types of? We are definitely looking. Yeah, we're definitely looking to grow our team. So I feel like I have a very strong scientific team, which are basically, you know, my executives. I have a CTO and a CSO. One is a biochemist and one is a physicist. Both of them are their brains behind the science and the technology. Um, But now I need to kind of grow the, you know, build a, a robust business. I feel very comfortable with the actual technology and the science and the product. But, you know, we want to do more than just this check test. We want to make this. This is an act. This was built around a platform. So we've developed the platform and now focusing it right now on strap as a beachhead. So, you know, trying to raise our executive team, bringing in, you know, commercialization expert, a product development expert um, as part of the executive team to kind of round off all the things that we're missing. Perfect. And Kyle, that was such a great point you made about Natalia coming into this industry whilst not having experience, I think that lends into itself into the team. And what I see when I look at your website is you've built this fantastically diverse team of experience, of skills, of background. It makes me think about, you know, this whole process and how you reflect on that. You know, what's been the big learning? If you were to give one or two pieces of advice to young entrepreneurs or people who are thinking about starting their own medtech startup or biotech startup, what advice would you like to share? Um, I think the first advice I'd like to share is talk to everyone. Um, I think one of my biggest strengths is the fact that I'll talk to the wall that the wall talks back at me. So um, I'll talk to everyone. Um, I meet people on the street. I, you know, I almost signed an investor at a pool when I was, you know, vacationing in Florida last year. Um, and he introduced me to a whole bunch of people. So talk to everyone. And, and it's having talked to everyone that allowed me to build that team. And um, and to be very passionate about um, about what you're doing. So a lot of people have come to me and say, you know, I'm thinking of doing something in healthcare. I'm not sure what. Well, let me tell you something. This is really hard, and you have to know damn sure that this is a, the the problem that the what you want to do is a problem that is solvable and that you can solve. Because don't, you know, to go into a, a, and whether it's biotech or medtech or any kind of company um, or any kind of, you know, in any kind of like um, space, it does, it's not about, you know, wanting to go in. It's about having a very clear um, path to what you want to, to what you want to do. Saying I want to be an entrepreneur is, that's not a path, right? And and people have come to me and said, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, you know, go go in the world, go work, go in your job, do be successful in your job. And when you're in your job and you're doing a job that you love, that you're passionate about, and then you realize, ah, I wish we had that in this space because this is missing, then go and develop it. And, you know, in my case, you're right. I'm not from this space at all. I'm 
I was an, <laughs> I was in hospitality for 18 years and then I pivoted by going to school and I had to look at, you know, my my job other than what I was doing for work, my big job was being a mom. And when I looked at what is missing in my life to make my life as a mom better was I really don't want to go to the doctor every time my kids have a, have a have a symptom. Like it's a complete waste of time. It's inefficient and expensive and all these all these fun things that we talked about. So I found that pain point and I pursued it. So you know, my biggest, my, my two advice, my going back to, you know, my, my two pieces of advice is talk to everyone. And number two, be very clear about what you want to address and then go find the problem and then go find the solution for that. And if you don't have it, then wait until you find it because it's really hard and dabbling in this and looking for money for something that doesn't exist. It's just a waste of time. Amazing. I love it. In fact, you talk about pathway there. I mean, it just makes me think you already have this clear vision in mind. You know where you want to be. Uh, you know how you're going to get there. But the clear thing that came through there is you're going to validate at that earliest stage. You're going to make sure there is something worth solving. Um, uh, fantastic. Absolutely love it. But of course, again, that vision part, I would love if you could now share, you know, if you look forward the horizon of five years time, you know, where do you see the company? Where would you like to see this solution? Ah, my dream of all dreams is, you know, you go to the pharmacy and right by the Motrin or right by like the Tylenol or by the cold, you know, medicine that you see all these tests that, you know, tells you test for, you know, these symptoms and test for these symptoms. I, I, you know, I, that's where I see it. I see like a library of different, um, different tests for different indications and, to just have people just go pick them up. That's where I see, that's where I see the company, you know, whether this is an acquisition type of um, opportunity or, or, or me developing it to make it big. I, I don't know, but I, I think ultimately uh, I want to be able to go to CVS and see it and see people being able to test from home. And that's where um, that's my big goal and, uh, and mission. And yeah. And, and for more than just strep. What what about what about also being able to say, hey, remember the throat cultures and throat swabs? It's gone. Those things were the worst. Yeah, you, know? you guys, you guys will never know because you never had to do that, you know. But That's maybe true. one day you'll be able to say that. Maybe one day we'll be able to get a call from the school nurse. Hey, your daughter isn't well, but don't worry, just it's get not her tested. It's not strep, so we're keeping her here. That's right, you are. <laughs> back to class anyways yes. so many great opportunities and such a great vision um natalia how do people get in touch with you if they want to uh give you a bunch of money um or join your team or just talk <laughs> uh well they can reach me on linkedin i'm on linkedin they can email me directly and um natalia at rtmicrodx.com um, I'm very available and you know what, it's not just those who want to give me money, although I would love to talk to them or people who want to join my team, but also any student out there who feel like they want to learn more about, you know, my journey or what they should do or not do or whatever. I feel like I was given the opportunity to speak to so many people who are willing to help that I want to also 
paid forward. So any anyone who wants to know more, who wants to learn from my experience, I can't tell you that I've succeeded or not succeeded. I'm still on path, right? I'm on path and I've I've no end yet in sight. So I'm just kind of moving. But as I move, I learn a whole bunch of things and I'm happy to share all of those experiences with anybody who wants to learn. So yeah, you can reach me on LinkedIn. You can email me directly. I'm very responsive. Well, Natalia, this has been an absolute pleasure. I uh, recommend everyone going to rtmicrodx.com if you want to learn more. Again, Natalia's details shared there. Recommend getting in touch with her if you can help her on the mission. This has been so awesome. I'm feeling informed, feeling inspired, Cal. So am I. So, Natalia, thank you again for joining us. Thank you so, so much for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the MedTech Impact Podcast. Once again, that was Natalia Maman, founder of RT Micro DX. I'm Kyle Cruz. And I'm Richard Meeklejohn. Until next time, keep innovating.